Welcome to Hashtag Scripture, your sophisticatedly ratchet word delivery system. Call us Deliveroo because we are serving you the word, the word of God, with extra sticky, icky, sweet sauce. Does the sauce have to be sticky icky every day? It has to be sticky because it's it, always has sticky, to, okay. it has to leave residue. There's no other to, kind of sauce, okay? It has to be, if the sauce has to, you have to know that you've had sauce. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. on, it should be evident on the plate, it should be evident around your lips, it should be evident on your fingers. Okay, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. The sauce is sticky icky, apologies. Um, on Hashtag Scripture, we are giving you everyday topics informed by an everlasting God. Before we get started, as usual, we just want to say that if we need to take care of any medical, medicinal, something, something, please do that. Don't come in our DMs talking about, oh, I had a heart attack because I was watching Hashtag Scripture and I was laughing too hard. We, I mean, we love you, but we can't really get involved in that kind of stuff. It's oh, not really work. our remit. Tell them, because there are people like, who message us and say, oh, I was at work, I've listened to you. Yeah. No, as in several <laughs> messages. Like, as in people message us and say, oh, I was at work and I was listening to you and now I'm fired because I don't have a job anymore because I was laughing too hard and I was rolling on the floor. I can't help you with that. This is at your own peril. Listen at your own peril. Wherever you are, please just take precaution, okay? Um, so what I'm going to ask you to do now before we get started. So for those of you who are on the Instagram live, for those of you who are listening on SoundCloud and iTunes, I want you to go and share this with five people. Ooh, you've up the Yeah, couple, couple, couple people. Five people who are going through something. People that you know are going through a situation where they need to be lifted up. This is what who I want you to send this to. I know you know people like that, so it shouldn't be hard to find. Cool. Yes. Okay, so the word on the streets today is when things get tough, the tough get going. Literally. Nope, it is too difficult. I want no parts of this at all. Don't at me, drop me out, count me out, I'm going. Insert Viola Davis meme, picking up my bag and walking out of the room. <laughs> Literally, I can't. This Christ walk is too difficult, boo. How you doing it? It's too difficult. I'm checking out because I think that God doesn't like me. Because the way my problems are set up, they are so thick and come in every minute that it's impossible for God to like me and for me to have this many problems whilst I'm serving Christ. That's the word on the street today. That was the longest word on the street <laughs> that we have That's ever the word had. on the street today. <laughs> today we are talking about suffering. We are talking about tests, trials, tribulations, how to deal with all the obstacles, all the tests, all the trials, all the evils that the world has to offer whilst we're on our Christ walk. Suffering whilst being a Christian child is the topic for today. So the three questions we're asking ourselves and asking you is, no, are, the three topics we're asking ourselves are, why is there evil in the world and why do bad things happen to good people? I ask myself this question every day. Uh, Why do bad things happen to me? No, I'm joking. I don't ask this question because I already know the answer. If you suffer... If you suffer, sorry, question two. If you suffer, does that mean God doesn't love you or God is punishing you? And question three, how do we navigate through hard times? Okay, so question one, why is there evil in the world and why do bad things happen to good people? Question two, if we suffer, does that mean that God doesn't love us and that he's punishing us? And question three, how do we navigate through hard times? So question numero uno, one 
Yes, one me. <laughs> one. As the evil people will say, <laughs> one me. <laughs> not, not or two. One, one me. One, 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 one. Anyway, we're actually on a, t- a tight time scale, so I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to sing today. It's not going to work. It's not going to try. Question number one. Why is there evil in this world, Auntie, for me? And why do bad things happen to good people? Um, so I think that there is kind of this misconception from a lot of people. Um, and I say, I'm going to say, f- we're talking about Christians today. But, you know, if if you're not a Christian, welcome. You're welcome. welcome. You know, grab a cup of tea. Come on in. Um, make yourself feel at home. Um, yeah, there's this misconception that bad things happen because God makes bad things happen to people. You know, as either like a punishment or a lesson or da 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 da. And I want to just kind of dispel that because I feel like it's a myth. Mm-hmm. I think bad things happen because we are bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are inherently bad. Like the Bible says that um, the the heart of man is wicked. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like that is so corrupt. Who mm-hmm. can what can who can really even tame the heart of man? The Bible says you know mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the heart of man is trash. So from the beginning. In the Garden of Eden. In the Beningen. In the You know, in the in the Garden of Eden, we were thinking like, oh, I can do things better than God. Let me just try this. Da, 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 da. Since then, we've been um causing bad things to happen. We have been doing that. And so when all these bad things happen, they're repercussions of either the, the actions of past generations or our personal actions. God allows these things to happen because he's a good and merciful God. So he doesn't strike everybody down because, you know, they're bad. He gives everybody time and chance. The Bible says that um, time and chance happens to all men. And it says that that, um, in Matthew 5, 45, it says, for he makes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. Mm -hmm. So he's a God who allows everybody time to get their act right. Mm -hmm. If God was to be like, okay, listen, I'm going to just... Because I think sometimes we want God to just strike everyone down who's bad so that there's only good people left in the world. But we have to really think of that from a logical perspective. If we want God to strike all the evil people down, then how do we define evil? Well, God defines evil as anybody who disobeys his law. So we're all evil. So we would all die, which is not going to work. doesn't make sense. Okay. So then if we're not going to do that one, then what would we do? Some people would say, okay, we're only the really, really bad people, like the people who murder people. Well, if people have already murdered someone, then they've already put that evil in the world. Mm-hmm. So you can't, what's the point of killing them? The, mm-hmm. pe- the person they murdered is already dead, mm-hmm. you know? So, okay, no, not the pe- not the people who are go- who have already murdered people, people who are going to murder people. Well, you know, if we're talking about thought sins, then we're all, we're all guilty of thought sins. So what do we want from God? It's like we want one thing, but we want something that actually doesn't really make sense in our own logic when we put it all the way through. And then we're challenging God, like, why why are you allowing evil to happen in the world? Well, he's allowing us to be who we are. And that just happens to be evil in, you know, well, all of the cases. I'm not, And when I say evil, I, I want to really stress that I'm not saying that everybody is Satan or worse than the serpent in the garden. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that we are all... Um, all of our flesh is corrupt and is is prone to disobedience. I'm not saying... When, when Christians say sin and evil and bad, we mean what God doesn't like. We don't mean the things that um, the world considers normal. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Which is something that people really find hard. So for example, if you tell someone, okay, you're a sinner, they'll be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that you said that. That's so rude. But when you say to them, okay, well, have you lied? Have you ever stolen anything? They're like, yes. So then you're a sinner. No, I'm not a sinner. Well, you know, it, 
it's very it's self-explanatory the definition of sin is breaking god's law Mm -hmm. so that's what evil is breaking god's law and and i think we need to kind of remodel our minds to accept that that is the fact Mm -hmm. that if you're breaking god's law that's considered evil in god's eyes Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you know okay he's just gonna send everybody to hell straight away because we're all evil no even though we were his enemies he still died for us Mm -hmm. so i think the 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 answer to the question is that there is evil in the world and bad things happen in the world because there are bad people because we are all bad Mm -hmm. in in the flesh Mm -hmm. so because we don't let god do his job that's why there's bad in the world i also think that um even even atheists have to agree that if god if we were to all follow god's law there would be no problems Mm. i don't think that a sensible atheist can read the bible sensible no seriously can read the bible and say jesus said okay love one another love your neighbor as you love um love love your neighbor love god more than you love yourself um all of this and then say okay no but if we did that then the world would still be trash mm-hmm. like no it wouldn't mm-hmm. if we were all selfless and we all looked after each other mm-hmm. then there would be no problems mm-hmm. in the world and that's what god is telling us to do but we've taken it upon ourselves to be greedy to take all the resources like is what is it something like the one percent of the world has 99 percent of the resources it's ridiculous and then we look at god and say god why have you done this is it God's fault that Bill Gates is not giving you any any food to eat in Africa or in India? No, it's not. So do you understand what I mean? Like, no, I'm not saying that Bill Gates doesn't give to charity because I'm aware that he does, but I'm just using him as an example because he's one of the richest men in the world. So please, yeah. Um, yeah, so why is there evil in the world? Because of us, not because of God. I don't think God uses evil as a punishment, but I think that every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Absolutely. If you do something that is wrong mm. it's going to have consequences and those consequences can be consequences for your children and your children's children mm-hmm. and that's not god putting a curse on you that's just logic mm-hmm. if i um i'm a gambler and i gamble my whole fortune away mm-hmm. then my children have no bread to eat mm-hmm. that's not their fault it's not god's fault for punishing them that's yeah. my fault yeah. do you know what i mean if i murder somebody and it causes the family to have depression and or to act out and go out and do things that they wouldn't usually do or do that you know what i mean it has the ripple effect you know the butterfly effect that um when a butterfly flaps its wings in brazil then there can be a, a tsunami in japan like obviously that's a bit of an exaggeration, but that's how actions and consequences work. So I feel like the things that we do are the things that cause the bad things. And we've had a lot, we've had a long time now to do a lot of bad things, which is why it's really easy for see all this bad in the world and think, oh my gosh, God is not doing anything. But God is doing stuff when you allow him to, when you pray, when you let him into your life, then he does do things. But he's not going to just kill everybody who's bad and yeah. be like, okay, because then we would be dead too. Yeah. So no it's true it's true and when i was thinking about this question um why does evil exist and i think as christians it's really easy for us to play the the blame game mm-hmm. um so we'll um equally blame the devil um and demons and then we'll equally, we equally blame ourselves and say because we are inherently bad and yeah. things and and that is into the the crux of it that is basically as from a christian perspective but i thought let me try and tackle it from a philosophical perspective to try and open up the argument and then bring it back to scripture which is you know i like doing that right and then bring it back to scripture so if you anybody who studied re post gcse or philosophy or ethics or is interested in existential arguments or arguments um there's a argument called the problem of evil a philosophical argument called the problem of evil which basically refers to the 
philosophical question of how we can reconcile the existence of evil with the omnibenevolence, omniscience and omnipotency of God. So how can evil exist when we have an all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving and all-seeing God? Um, and then also that will link to then why do bad things happen to me if we have an all-loving God? Um, and the problem of evil the problem of evil argument has been discussed by philosophers for centuries. I feel like it's a really quick argument, but <laughs> um, <laughs> philosophers have been discussing it and arguing it back and forth. And there are many things that they pose when they are saying, okay, this is what the issue is with the problem of evil. And there are many responses. And I'm going to go through the issues and then the responses really quickly, because obviously it's a really long debate, but I'm going to condense it and make it quite concise and then highlight to you how in one or two scriptures, God just dunce the whole argument. Like literally dunce the whole argument. Shut down. Everything lock off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so quickly going into the argument. So basically we're talking about the fact that we can't, we need to be able to reconcile the existence of evil. And that also even going, starting from the meaning, starting from the end, that the presence of evil means the absence of God. And I think that that is the, bigger picture when we're thinking about Christians and why we suffer you know are we suffering because either I don't have Christ either Christ does not love me or God does not love me so the, the God's presence of good is absent because there is a evidence there's evidence of a problem of evil the existence of evil and we have to understand first and foremost if you don't understand or hear anything I say post this point that the presence of evil does not mean the absence of good and it's not mean the absence of God mm -hmm. and that's one thing that I think we have to stress even if I don't say anything else I'm finished actually for today I'm taking <laughs> that just because there is evil or badness, badness is not a word, or wickedness, I feel or like badness is a word. Is badness a word? I'm badder than bad. I'm bad. Okay. I'm bad. Okay. Just because there's a presence of um, wickedness in our life does not mean that there is an absence of God. God is not cannot be restricted. Mm -hmm. God cannot be confined to only dwelling in like fairies and rainbows and skittles and stuff. Like he can only sit in and amongst things that are beautiful and great. God is, so God exists outside of the things that we have created, including evil, mm -hmm. you know? So he is God and sovereign Lord inside the trouble and inside the good. Yeah. I'm going to put that out there before we start this argument. Okay, so everyone put their philosophical thinking cap on, um, put it on, make sure it's tight. Okay, cool. Let's go into it. So, the argument states that the coexistence of evil and such a great God is unlikely or impossible. The logical form of huh? this... That's, that's, the, that's the argument. That's the argument that people Probably are really evil. having. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are stupid, you know. I'm sorry. As in the whole world. The, the argument says that the coexistence of evil no, and such a great really God stupid. is unlikely, unlikely or impossible. That's and there's two strains to the problem of evil, philosophical. Because we're not philosophers. So how do we already know the answer to this question? Because we read the Bible. I know. <laughs> I didn't literally and that's what I'm Because saying. this is big, big, big bad boy people who've been studying for yeah. a long time who are coming up with these conclusions, you know. This okay, is sorry, it. continue. Sorry, I interrupted. Sorry. No, it's so interesting because Ooh. I studied philosophy at secondary school, okay. at, at, in college. And as an RE teacher, I do it. And as somebody who likes things like this and arguments and blah, blah, blah. Um, I like stuff like this. So when I was thinking, oh my gosh, this question is great for the problem of evil. I'm thinking, 
But y'all don't know anything. See, you would have known. What's that thing you would have known if you read <laughs> but your But you Bible? don't know this because you don't read the Bible. <laughs> okay. All right. So the logical form of the argument tries to show a logical impossibility in the coexistence of God logical and evil. Imposs- Sorry, go on. Logical I'm impossibility. Stop, I'm These stop are the quick and crack and words that they're, <laughs> that they're using, right? Um, or that given the evil in the world, it is improbable that there was an omnipotent, omniscient, uh, or holy good God. God. You need to hurry up and finish this, this <laughs> thing because I'm actually getting angry. Um, responses. Okay, responses to the various um, versions of the problem of evil come in three forms. Refutation, so they refute it. Um, defenses, so they defend the argument. Or theodicy, so that's trying to create God within the prop, within evil, okay? Or trying to position God in the evil, which is basically the absence of the presence of evil doesn't mean the absence of God. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the theodicy, right? Um, so generally, a defense against the problem of evil refers to the attempts to diffuse logical problem of evil by showing that there is no logical incompatibility between the existence of evil and the existence of God, like the existence of darkness and the existence of light. This doesn't require the identification of a plausible explanation of evil. So you don't have to be able to define evil in order for you to be able to say that okay there is an existence of god they both can coexist Mm -hmm. okay so the same way that light and darkness can coexist right um a theodicy on the other hand since it attempts to provide a plausible justification um or morally sufficient justification for the existence of evil refutes all other defenses okay and it says that there are a couple things that we need to be able to take into consideration when we're looking at the existence of evil and the existence of a good God, right? And there's a couple strands we can go down. So the first one is skeptical theism. Now, I like this one. Not because it's good, but because I like it, okay? So skeptical theism is the argument that um, aims to encourage self-skepticism either by trying to rationalise God's possible hidden motives or trying to explain it as limitation of human ability to know. Basically, it's saying that we as normal people have to when we're saying okay there's an issue here with evil there's an issue here with an evil and a good god we have to look at ourselves and say maybe there's a hidden motive to why god is allowing evil right there's a hidden god's we don't know god's agenda and that because we are humans and we are not as wise as god we don't know everything that god knows everything and we don't so therefore logically it's impossible for you to think answer a question that only God can know as yeah. in why is there an existence of evil and why is there evil and why is there God so you have to be sceptical even before you try and answer the question yeah. so that's that's sceptical theism the second response which I think many people have heard of is the greater good response that you know evil is present um, asserting that God allows evil to happen in order to prevent certain type of evil or greater evil or to encourage a response that will lead to a greater good Mm -hmm. so that the evil exists because it's like okay if somebody if somebody says oh my gosh i got ran over today but at least you're alive you know (laughs) like but did you die but did you die though (laughs) or you know um you know or or, okay i got us you know uh, a workplace sexual harassment but did he rape you you know Whoa. like it's that kind of that the evil exists but sometimes god allows the smaller evils to prevent the bigger evils okay. right or that he allows the smaller evils to prevent the bigger evils and then wants us right then wants us to 
think about or encourage ourselves to lead to a a, a good to come about so for example if I have been raped now that God may have allowed me to be raped so that I can set up a, a organization that will prevent other people from being raped or help people who have been raped you know so that he'll use the evil for a greater good so that's the greater good purpose and then we have free will we've already had an episode on free will so we understand the free will argument for me you've already spoken about the free will argument which is basically we are humans as trash and because we are trash um, and because God has done something I said this on Saturday that one I never questioned God but one of the things that if I had to ask God a question would be um why did you give us a mind like yours because as creators we are able to create such trash you know what I mean? Like, if you had just limited our minds so that it was not that our minds are as great as God, but he is, we have Christ-like mind. We have the mind of God. You know what I mean? And he has given us free will. He has given us a conscience. He has given us the ability to rationalize. He has made us creators like he is creators. Like man, like God, we have been made and we have been formed and fashioned after him. And if he had just turned down the creativity mm. in our brain, then maybe we wouldn't have been able to create, you know, we, maybe we wouldn't be evil geniuses. That there'll be no <laughs> evil geniuses in the world. There'll be no pinky and the brains, you know? You know? Uh, so the free will argument. So we're not going to go into the free will argument because we've already done that. Um, and then soul making, which is one of the things I think we've all heard of, is that um, the soul making answer answer states that evil and suffering are necessary for spiritual growth for man to discover his soul and God allows evil for spiritual growth of human beings and I think most of us has heard that is that you go through you know what doesn't kill you makes you stronger that whole kind of it's for your edification it's for your strength it's for you know you are you are bruised but not battered you know what I mean and it makes you stronger so those are the arguments for why evil exists and what God's answers are to it but we have to understand that even though we've given a philosophical argument sometimes it's really good to just think about it and think about Jesus okay why did God create man now there's two scriptures Isaiah 43 verse 7 says, Everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Okay? So God has made us for his own glory, for his own purpose. Revelations 4.11 Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honour and power. Thou art worthy, O Lord. Okay? A completely different song. Different song. Um, <laughs> for thou has created all things. For thou has created all things. That's my things. fault, guys. It's really my fault. <laughs> they are I started this. Created, thou art already. Okay, right? So that thou has created all things for thy pleasure. And that thy are and that is why that they are created. And what did God give to man? Okay, so God gave to man rationality, free will, the ability to relate, communicate, the ability to give and receive love the ability to it's a choice mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. and um knowing that he has given man also that this thing in our heads that tells us that one day we will all be answerable to god no matter atheist agnostic christian hindu muslim we all have this thing inside us which gives us the god complex that whole hold on a second my actions are going to be judged one day mm-hmm. whether it's by the universe whether it's by a tree whether it's by God, no matter who <laughs> it is that you believe is going to judge in Nirvana, whether it is a monkey God, whether it's an elephant God, it doesn't matter. We all have this thing. I'm not going to add anybody today. We all have this thing where we're going to be judged by God. And as a result, we have made the world a bad place and the place that it is today. But bad happens to all and good happens to all. And the point that I'm trying to make and where I conclude is that 
even if we look at all the philosophical arguments, they all point to one thing, that God is still God, irrespective of the bad and in, irrespective of the good. And that evil doesn't change God and that it will not change the way that God sees us and it will not change um, our perception of God. It doesn't. Evil stands alone, good stands alone well, and God... It should not change. It should not change. Yeah. yeah? What did I say? Will not change. Will not, will not, should not change. Okay? And if we think about it and go back to scripture in John chapter 1 where God, we're talking about light okay and that the light comes into the world and darkness comprehends it not and we always use that synonymously with the fact that Jesus has come into the world and that he has uh, and the darkness cannot overpower it and I want you to think for a second about the struggle there between when you when you light I think about it we all have this thing in Sunday school we've all learned it we've all heard it before you know your youth leader your Sunday school teacher will turn off all the lights in the room and then he will light a match or whatever and then all of a sudden there's a flickering light in the corner of the room and no matter how dark the room was before the presence of that single match the presence of that single light will never be able to overshadow the darkness will never be able to overshadow that overshadow that light and irrespective of how dense the darkness is that light still stands alone and it's completely unquenched. The darkness can never say, okay, darkness, come, let's go and cover this light. <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah. That Jesus, that God stands alone, irrespective of the darkness. And yes, there is there's trouble in the world. Yes, there is evil in the world because we have the devil, because we are trash as human beings. But what we need to understand is that it's not that bad things are happening to you because you are a Christian. It's just that we live in a bad world. But God still stands alone. You will still stand with God and you will be fine. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we have to The presence of evil does not mean the absence of God. The two can coexist. Yeah. Okay? And it's not a logical fallacy. It's not a logical fallacy. It's not an improbability. It's not incompatible, as philosophers would say, as a problem of evil states. It's not a problem. God can exist and will exist and will sit above everything. Question, Question two? Yeah. Question two. If you suffer, does that mean God doesn't love you or is punishing you? No, not at all. Jesus suffered. Do you know what I mean? Like, Jesus suffered immensely yeah. and deeply and greatly. A, a gruesome death, as I've been saying for the last couple of podcasts. Jesus suffered a gruesome death. Did, did, did God not love Jesus? Did God not love his only son? Like, so I think one thing that I, one gripe I really have against Christians, um, and I think it comes from us being in the West and having so much convenience around us where you know if you need something it's it's with you with the click of a finger um so we don't know how to wait we don't know how to be patient we don't know how to struggle or suffer because if you need food you just go to the corner shop whereas there are people who if they need clean water they need to walk three miles 10 miles mm-hmm. to a well to go and get clean water and because we don't have to experience that anymore mm-hmm. we think that when we do have to experience that god doesn't love us mm-hmm. but re- not remembering that when um, the Israelites were, you know, doing whatever they were doing and living and existing, they would have to walk 10 miles to get their water or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like that we've now like evolved into this commu- um this community, the society where we don't have to work for anything. We don't have to struggle. And so then those people who are working and struggling for things, we believe that they're, le- they're less off than us or less well off than us or, you know, that they're... I don't know that their life is not as good as ours but actually it's not that at all convenience is not all it's cracked up to be and I think we can probably discuss the whole western society and um you know 
instant gratification issue in another podcast but I just want to assure you that if you go to Africa and ask you know people who have barely anything are they happy or go to the West Indies or go to India and ask people who have barely anything I'm not talking about people who you know don't actually have a meal to eat tomorrow but I'm talking about just people who have just the bare minimum if you ask them if they're happy they're most probably happier than you like because we have all of these things that we feel like we have to have and if we don't have them we're so shallow and we don't have gratitude Mm. and we're so weak without these things without our phones we are nothing without our, our hair we are nothing without our clothes we are nothing whereas they don't have anything so those things don't define them so they're mm-hmm. happy within themselves you know um so i i, I just want to stress that just because somebody doesn't have everything just because you're not a millionaire doesn't mean god doesn't love you mm-hmm. you know just because you're struggling through sickness or illness or you're you know in an abusive relationship or you're hurting or you've just lost somebody it doesn't mean god doesn't love you first mm-hmm. of all people die and i think that's another podcast that we really have to discuss people die that's a thing people can't just be alive forever mm. well there would be no resources left in the world mm. you know people die and that's sad and it, it hurts but it's something that time heals mm-hmm. that doesn't mean god doesn't love you mm. it doesn't mean god doesn't love that person who died either it's just a part of life mm-hmm. you know um you know going through struggles and stuff the best people in the bible the people god loved the most in the bible and not that god is partial to people or whatever mm-hmm. but you know just just as an example the people who god you know had were the apple of god's eye in the bible struggled the most mm-hmm. you know and and one thing that we don't teach in western christianity is that suffering and struggle is not a problem mm. you know in in james one it says count it all joy when you go through diverse troubles like yeah. but when we go through diverse struggles we're now struggles sorry we're now saying oh god why do you not love me but why did he tell us to count it all joy mm. if he didn't love us why does he say things like i chastise those i love if mm. he doesn't love us mm. do you know what i mean like it's it's really it's a really backwards mentality to think that because you went through something bad that means that that negates the whole of god's love even though god literally went through a gruesome death to save your life Mm. like that it doesn't make sense you know Um, and one thing that I think we really need to emphasize is that um we're not living for this world you know the 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 Yes, the Bible says that we will experience um, re- our reward in this present age. Mm-hmm. It never says that that re- reward is monetary or financial, by the way. But it does say we will experience a reward in this present age. But it says that the suffering that we experience now is nothing compared to the future glory that God has prepared for us. Mm-hmm. So we can't, you know, continue to say, okay, I'm going through a bad time. I don't have a job. I'm I'm poor. I can't pay my rent. So God doesn't love me. Mm-hmm. That it literally doesn't make sense. You know, it, it's not what the Bible says. The Bible says things like, you know, pick up your cross. Um, what's that scripture? Hold on. Um, Matthew 16, 24 to 26 says, then Jesus <coughs> told his disciples, if anyone come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Um, for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? Mm. And I think it's so important for us to understand that we're not here living for material good. Mm. Yes, you may get material good and you may got not, but being poor or being rich is not it's nothing to do with the kingdom of God. Like that's not what God wants to establish in you. He wants to it's like what you were talking about in terms of soul making. Mm-hmm. He wants your soul to be profited, not your body. He mm-hmm. doesn't want you to be comfortable in the flesh. He has no interest in you being comfortable in the flesh. Yes, he may bless you with material goods for a specific reason to be a steward of those things but that's not 
God's end goal, you mm. know, the, the the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness mm. and love and power. Like, mm. it's not about mm. your physical body. It's not about how comfortable you are and if you have mm. a two-bedroom house and da 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 mm. It's not about that. It never was and it never will be, you know. Mm. We need to understand that, especially as Christians, I feel like it makes you a really immature Christian. And I don't mean that as in a bad way to insult or condescend to anyone, mm. but it makes you a really immature Christian if you relate wealth to the love of God. Mm. It means you haven't understood at all that, actually the the um the righteous the sufferings of the righteous are many the afflictions of the righteous are many you know like um those of uh, my friend my friend Raquel has this saying like um I think it's like the plight of the great or something like that Mm -hmm. where the more greatness you have on you the more weight things get it's like the whole more money more problem kind of thing sorry um yeah like if you the more you have on you the more responsibility the more resources you have on you the 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 bigger the toll is the bigger the burden is you know Mm -hmm. what i mean Mm -hmm. so if you have a a really great destiny upon your life especially the devil the devil's not still gonna look at you and be like okay i'll just leave that person alone then because no you're Mm -hmm. gonna have some struggles and there's gonna be trials and tribulations because you have something within you that it's, it's extraordinary and first of all the devil's gonna want to quench it but second of all you need to be able to build and refine that thing so your life is life is never going to be easy and in fact jesus says like if your life is easy if everybody likes you then woe be unto you that's a problem it's not a solution it's not the end goal because people killed all the prophets yeah. even though they were anointed yeah. people um people you know beat and ignored and did dislike the prophets because yeah you know nobody because they weren't um saying the things that they wanted to hear you know and that's what christians are doing so as a christian you're not going to have everybody like you you're not going to be the most popular person in the world you're not jesus wasn't Mm -hmm. so what makes you think you're better than jesus that you're going to go go through no suffering and you're not going to do it do you know what i mean and i i get that yes jesus did die so that we don't have to go through um certain things but that's to do with sin i don't think jesus died so that we will never have a cold again this goes back to what we were saying in the whole are you demon possessed or is it just the flu um episode like jesus didn't die so you will never have a cold jesus died to save your eternal soul he didn't die to save your body he died to save your soul to Mm -hmm. save your spirit so yeah i think we need to really i don't even know if i'm answering the actual question Mm -hmm. that you have asked but this is just what i really felt like i needed to say today because as christians we need to understand that there is an element of suffering in christianity and god says count the cost before you follow me don't just follow me without there's a cost to it you know so count the cost don't just think that if um if i don't have everything in the world if everything isn't going swimmingly and smoothly then i i'm not loved by god because it doesn't make sense and it means that you've not understood the whole point of the christianity thing in the first place yeah and i think that one of the things that you touched upon earlier when you began to answer this question is the concept that we have of suffering mm-hmm. and i think a lot of the time suffering is relative um, yeah. it's extremely relative and i'll tell you why it's relative because suffering to me may not be what's suffering to for me and mm-hmm. suffering to me may not be suffering to somebody in a third world mm-hmm. or suffering to me may not be somebody may not be suffering to somebody who is being domestically abused every day yeah you know exactly. and so we have to so that's why your lack of finances your lack of health can is, in, is incomparable to somebody who's being battered 
blue and black every day by their husband mm-hmm. or by their parent mm-hmm. you know what I mean and so we have to understand that suffering is very relative so we have to be really careful when we're saying oh my gosh I'm, my life is really bad and really really hard God must not love me because there are some people who I personally know I'm getting battered every day mm-hmm. you know what I mean and when I say to him oh my gosh Jesus loves you and God loves you or which I don't say but if I was to say to them which I, I do say I'm not I'm joking I do say that right but when I when I encourage them because they're being battered and blue and black every day and I, I then have to deep my own level of perceived suffering yeah. my own level of okay hold on a second um my problems are not that bad in comparison to somebody else and I think Jesus has never ever promised God has never ever promised that every day of your life you'll be happy mm-hmm. that every day of your life will be easy I mean he has said the opposite many times in the Bible yeah. you know many many but many times like many many times he has said the exact opposite that your life babe is going to be difficult I mean Jesus himself suffers there are things that God has to do which I'm sure doesn't make him happy mm-hmm. and for him that would be suffering mm-hmm. you know what I mean as a loving God and when uh, sometimes I think about it when God God loves so much but he has to be just yeah, he has exactly, to be just exactly. and for him to be just and do things that are justified and to do things that are called upon that he has to do that maybe maybe bad for us in, in terms of in terms of judgment that must make him suffer mm-hmm. you know what i mean when jesus came into the world and had to suffer for us it was difficult so we have to understand that suffering is very relative and it's very different to different people and there is no way that you are going to live every day of your life happy think about it in terms of a child Mm -hmm. right um children they don't have the cares and the worries that we have if you're Mm -hmm. not under four years old they don't have the cares and the worries that we have right as adults as bill paying adults okay (laughs) as bill paying adults as you know we have relationship issues issues at work whatever but yet still for a child when they want the breast or a bottle and they don't get it and they cry they must be like they feel like they're suffering you know what I mean when you take away their you know they're going towards the the oven or the kettle or the iron and you smack their hand to them that's suffering okay so you have to really think about it that in each stage of our life we have to go through things that are not particularly pleasing but it's necessary for our journey and it's necessary for who we are and me smacking my child who's going towards the hot iron is not me punishing my child Mm. and likewise if me going down a wrong road or a wrong path and then God just kicking me in my head in whichever way that he wants to kick me in my head it's not God um punishing me mm-hmm. you know what I mean and we have to really understand that it's it's human to think that we are go because we go through things that it's a direct result of something bad that we've done or because because you know God is a God of love and therefore it must be something bad that we've done or that God is punishing us it's it's not true it's absolutely not true and there's a difference between discipline and punishment that i think that many people don't know and you won't necessarily know it until you actually really think about it properly and that discipline is correction punishment is a an, is an emotional reaction to something okay so um it's an emotional reaction it's it's something fueled by anger or what have you god doesn't punish he disciplines Okay, um, and I think that we have to, if, if, if we're going to look at it in the Bible times, in the Bible times, we look at it in the Old Testament and the New Testament, when he does certain things, or if he's like smiting, if he's just like, okay, you children of Israel, God love to smite, I tell you. 100,000 of you are going to die today. Okay, okay, um, it wasn't because it wasn't, if you think about it, sometimes the Bible translations will make us think that it was God 
punishing the children of Israel. No, it was correction. Mm-hmm. It was pruning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You have to prune in order for the rose to grow correctly. If that's the correct analogy, right? In order for the yeah. rose to be strong and vibrant and healthy, you have to prune with all trees. Any gardener will notice you have to prune things. And so when God is smiting the children of Israel or what have you, it's not because he's just upset and he wants to, because sometimes he does things, he lashes out, he lashes out, but God is not a God who is not able to control his emotions. Yeah. You have to think about God. And I keep saying this in every episode, think about God as in everything that we know about God and think okay is God going to act out of emotion the answer is no Mm -hmm. so he's not going to punish you there are elements of correction so if we're now thinking okay so this situation isn't a God correcting me situation then what is it so we've we've eliminated or we've answered the God the God equation so no it's not punishment it may be correction second of all if your issue or what you're going through doesn't seem like it's a God issue then is it be something can it be something that is our fault Mm -hmm. you know sometimes we make bad decisions and there are bad consequences for them you know that's simple as that i make if i make a really bad decision if i'm frivolous with my money this month and at the end of the month i don't have enough it's not oh my gosh like why why is god punishing (laughs) me why why is my life so hard sometimes it's because i have made i have done something bad i've made bad decisions and bad decisions we talk about people in the world we talk about karma all the time but in the bible it says what you sow you reap Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. before there was karma there was God, God's word. God's word is in the beningim. Okay. <laughs> right. So that's some one, God correcting. Two, our own bad decisions. And three, the enemy. And so God can't give you anything bad. We know this already. God can't give anything. He doesn't have it in his hand to give. Mm-hmm. You know, even if he, even if his little finger was the finger that held bad things, he wouldn't he wouldn't the love that he has in his heart for mankind he wouldn't be able to give you know i mean he probably cut off that finger to smite himself (laughs) than to give his children bad things bible says if a corrupt man is able to give his child um good things how much more so our heavenly father you know so if we being evil still know how to be a good bay and sona had to <laughs> you know your your bay is a gangbanger he kills people every day listening to job music but then he comes and treats you really nice right <laughs> sorry <laughs> just gonna be honest okay oh and you know even our parents as maybe as as wicked as they might be still feed us and still clothe us yeah. right think about how much more so than god yeah. we have to actually put things into context and sometimes so it's god issue our issue and sometimes it may be the enemy mm-hmm. and we've discussed this several times about the difference between between um, mental illness and you know the flu and a demon possession is this an issue that is we have to tackle in the spirit mm-hmm. as opposed to and tackle it with the enemy and not necessarily go to God and be like God why are you punishing me God's like I didn't do nothing it wasn't me you know what I mean think about it in the Bible people who have been tested people have been trialed you know and think about it also one of the things is does do you need to live your life in the absence of anything bad happening mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. Paul the great Paul apostle <laughs> apostle Paul man like right? Paul Nigerian Paul he was not he was Nigerian yeah, okay sure. Paul and God is Nigerian but God we'll is Nigerian Paul, Paul Elijah is Nigerian. Um, Elijah, <laughs> if you read about Elijah, Elijah is Nigerian. Okay, um, who said that? 
um, what did he say? In my weaknesses, God's strength is made perfect. Mm-hmm. You know? And he's saying that he presses on. Every day he is pressing on, he's pressing on. It's not like, okay, it's a really, really nice walk. This is really great. This is always oh, breezy. The sun is shining. The weather is sweet. It's a press. You know when the Bible is saying he press, he pre- I press on towards the mark. It's because he's doing it in struggle. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's not crossing over, he's not crossing Europe and Asia um, nicely, nicely in a, in a, on a cruise ship right he's pressing on in difficulty Mm -hmm. and i think one of the things that we have to realize is that our life can still be a great life even though every now and again we go through things that are bad Mm -hmm. and and it just may sound really really difficult to somebody who's going through an extremely difficult hard time like you may be physically abused maybe emotionally abused you may be going through bereavement or loss and you're just like do you know what this what I'm going through right now is evidence to me that either God hates me, God's punishing me, or God doesn't exist. We need to let you know that or that is God a, doesn't care, or that God, God doesn't yeah. care. That is absolutely not the case. And to for us to say that there is a rainbow or there's a light at the end of the tunnel almost seems like we are in. We're not caring about what you're presently yeah. going mm-hmm, through, mm-hmm. and that's not what we're trying to do because both me and for me have been in very very dark tunnels, yeah. and we can't see the light. Yeah, you know, we we can't see it, but yeah still we're here yeah you know so when we're telling to you you have to keep going you have to keep pressing on that in your life there are going to be really difficult things and even though now it feels like your heart is breaking you're losing your mind your body is in pain keep going because it does get better and if you just stop for a second and one of the things that i try and do and i'm encouraging people who are going through really hard times is stop for a second and take your eyes off the fact that you're sinking into the sea and keep your eye focused on christ you know even if you're getting battered every day and i'll give a personal testimony i don't know if i should do this but i will do it because this is a serious topic is that i grew up in a home where there was domestic violence and for many 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 years okay and as a child who witnesses domestic violence, you kind of, your your vision of the world is so distorted mm-hmm. and your vision of love and your vision of care and your vision of God is so distorted, especially when you have a Bible-believing mother, mm-hmm. especially when you have a mum who it will pray heaven and earth and it will move but yet they'll go home and her house is warfare Mm -hmm. and you have to think about what and i have to think about every day is what kept her going what kept my mom going through the issues of domestic violence and that was one thing she kept her eyes on christ Mm -hmm. through the bruises through the pain through all the broken stuff through the blood she kept her eyes on christ and if my mom can do that um then I know domestic violence maybe might be incomparable to whatever you're going through, but you can do it also, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's not like every day you're going to be, okay, my gosh, I love Christ, but you have to remember him, even if it's for a split second, that he is there and that he does love you and that there is a way out. And God's Bible says that there is a way of escape and that the trouble doesn't last for always. Isaiah chapter 41, I believe, says your warfare, tell tell the children of Israel, tell the barren lady that her warfare has now ended and I have given her glory and beauty for shame and mourning. You know, that he comes and there's a scripture in the New Testament, I think we'll post it this week, um, which says that he has, turned our sorrow into mourning you know our tears he has turned into joy and that will be it your test will become your testimony and it seems a bit like cliche but your trial will become your triumph Mm -hmm. and that is it because there is nothing that we are going to go through in this world where it's not going to be we're going to be absent of any problem yeah yeah okay so question number three 
Um, how do we navigate through hard times? And I think we've already touched upon it. Um, and two, question number two, but answer for me, how do we navigate through hard times? Um, I think, yeah, I think you really did touch upon it, like in terms of, I think obviously as a Christian, number one is faith. Like knowing that, okay, Jesus died for me, gruesome death. And I, I'm sorry that I keep saying that, but I just say it's so relevant. I don't, I kind of just don't want to do, mm-hmm. go a day without saying it anymore. Where, okay, Jesus died for me and he suffered. So does suffering mean that there is no love? Is suffering the absence of love of God? No, no, it isn't. Mm-hmm. You know, and just remembering that and always logically working that out in your head because it is really easy to, like you said, emotionally punish yourself and say, because um, because I'm suffering, mm-hmm. that means that God doesn't love mm-hmm. me. But even if you don't love you, God yeah. loves you. So that's, the two are irrelevant and unrelated. Yeah. And just remembering those kind of things and really building yourself up in the scripture, really building yourself up. Like, because if you really look in the scripture and look at the lives of the of the men and women of God, mm. I can't off the top of my head recall even one person in the Bible who did not suffer. Not one. Mm. If you can point one out to me, then please do. But I cannot recall one person in the Bible who did not suffer. Yeah. Mary suffered. Mary got pregnant young when she wasn't even married that's suffering because people would be looking at her sideways like oh my gosh this woman is a slag that's what no let's be real that's what was how that would have that's what would have happened Mm. do you know what i mean or that's what she would have feared to happen if people know you know Mm. then she then went and lost her son in a terrible way and had to watch him die yeah that's suffering mary suffered David suffered, Paul suffered, Stephen suffered. Everybody was suffering and it's only you that you think you shouldn't suffer. Like, I just want us to really think of it from that perspective. Like, even God himself suffered on our behalf. So what what exempts us from suffering? There isn't isn't one. God never promises you that you won't suffer until after you die. Then you will not suffer when you you go to heaven or when when God recreates the heaven and the earth. That's the time when you will not suffer and there will be no crying and no pain and no disease. That is the time. Time. but until then there is not one time that god says no 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 you will not suffer anymore in this earth yeah. he doesn't say that you know he says let's stop putting our um our jaded opinion of what god should do in terms of taking suffering out of the world um and stop imposing it on god because that's idolatry don't don't make god to be who he's not he's not somebody who is going to stop us from ha- executing our free will to yeah. save our feelings yeah. he's not going to do that um so yeah faith <clears throat> reading the scriptures, staying in the word, staying in a in a constant communication with God, remembering that God loves you and having a, a, a support group around you. If you can find people who support you, don't suffer alone because then when you internalize all of that pain, it can really come out in some horrible ways. Um, so rather than suffering alone, talk to your friends, talk to your, um, to whoever you can, even if it's like a random, like Good Samaritans payphone, um, payphone, what? Uh, hotline or do you know what I mean? Helpline call somebody talk to somebody it really helps you should obviously talk to god first but if you can't bring yourself to pray talk to someone um that's i mean that's all i had to say really just keep faith talk to people um yeah uh my thing would be just to keep walking yeah keep going keep walking man because 
it's it's so difficult and we know it. I mean, we have first-hand experience. We've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Mate. If we you could know, really been had there, all day, we would tell you some stories. And got, and got the t-shirt of what it means to really just cry in the midnight hour and think that there was absolutely no way out. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that we did not do, and I thank God for his grace, and I thank God for the Holy Spirit, and I thank God for his infinite mercy and strength, which He God did not allow us to do. And we, what we did not do was stop walking. Yeah. You know, even through the abuse, even through the pain, even through the tears, even through the mental illness, even through the anxiety, even through the medication, even through whatever it may be, even through the pain, you keep walking. Mm-hmm. Don't stop. The moment you stop, even if you stumble, even if you fall down, you get up and you dust yourself off and you keep going. You know, think about the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years who she just pressed on in until she got to Christ, until she touched the hem of his garment and received her healing. What you can't do is stop mm-hmm. even if you fall down get up and keep going keep walking towards even if you have to crawl yes even if you have to belly keep, flop whatever keep you going, do just keep going flop. I don't keep know. going keep going never ever ever stop never stop walking never stop believing he is there with his arms wide open why hands up hearts open wide as the sky we lift you high we lift you high hands up Hearts open wide the, the as clock we went already, yeah? <laughs> Right? Went already. So keep going. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Even though it's painful, mm-hmm. even though it hurts, keep going. Keep mm-hmm. walking. Don't stop. Don't quit. We promise it gets better. Hashtag scripture. I mean, <clears throat> so there's a couple that we can do, okay? Um, we can do nothing separates us from the love of God. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. All things all, all things work together for good. I mean, nothing except the same. It's the same, same, same just, read the whole, just read the whole. Just read the whole thing. Romans, Romans eight. Or um, stand still until the salvation of the Lord. No, that, Romans eight. Romans eight. All right, let's go in. From the beginning. From the beginning. Romans chapter eight, <clears throat> from verse twenty-eight. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. And His Son went through tests and trials, right? And that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He predestined, He also called. Whom He called, He also justified. And whom He justified, these He also glorified. Can you see that in the? Ju- I feel like preaching a message on this, Listen, but I won't. I won't. I won't. Verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at this precise moment at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us whilst we're going through our tests and our trials okay therefore who shall separate us from the love of christ shall it be tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written for your sake we are killed all day long and i know sometimes it may feel like that Mm -hmm. right but we are counted and we are counted as sheep for the slaughter yet 
but God, okay? <laughs> Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors yeah. through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, Hallelujah. nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is it. That is it. That is literally everything we just said. Amen. We're not praying. Amen. <laughs> like, honestly. Amen. That is literally everything we just said. He did not spare his son. Okay, yeah. So, pray? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory. We thank you, Lord, for being a God who loves us despite all things, despite our behavior, our trash behavior, mm. despite all the things we have done. When we were yet your enemies, you died for us, oh God. Mm. We thank you that you did not spare your own son, almighty mm. God, but instead gave his life for ours, almighty God. Mm. So we know that you have great love for us, oh God. We are fully persuaded, mm. almighty God, that you have great love for us, almighty God. And we thank you for that love. We thank you, mighty God, heavenly father, that even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death we should fear no evil because you oh god are with us mm. by our side for your word says that you shall never leave or forsake us oh god mm. your word says that you are our ever-present help in times of trouble almighty yes. god so we cling on to you almighty god fixing our eyes upon jesus yes. the author and finisher of our faith almighty god heavenly father we fix our eyes upon you we cling on to you oh god and we say that no matter yes. what we are going through we put our faith and our trust and our hope in you oh god Amen. because you are the only one who can drag us out oh god of every tunnel and every pit almighty god heavenly father your word says that your hand is not too short to save almighty god so we thank you for pulling us up and out almighty god your word says that if we um if you be lifted up almighty god you will lift all men unto yourself oh god so we lift you up in our times of trouble we lift you up when we are going through grievances we lift you up when we are suffering almighty god we lift you up through every illness and sickness. We lift you up for every abusive relationship, every drug addiction. Mm. We lift you up for every sinful lifestyle that we that has uh, has imprisoned us, oh God. We lift mm. you up, almighty God, so that you might take us out of it. Mm. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Oh, great God. Oh, mighty God. Oh, excellent God. All-knowing, all-powerful, all-loving God. We thank you that, Father God, you are present even in the midst of trouble. We thank you that you are present even in the midst of the storm. We thank you that you are present even in the midst of the fiery furnace. We thank you that you are in, you are present and God and able Amen. and powerful Amen. in the midst of the lion's den. Amen. Father God, we give you thanks that we give you praise and we give you glory because you are God all alone. You are God all by yourself you are all powerful you are great and in your great grace you love us and in your great grace you in your great grace you keep us father god and father god but the mere fact that we have not died means that you have not finished with us yet so even though it may look like all around us father god is sinking sand father god we thank you that we are still alive that we are still in the land of the living and that you have not finished and that your word says that you will see all things unto completion and father god i thank you that you are continually making our story perfect that you're con- you're continually making us perfect father god you're refining us you are perfecting us you're creating in us father god a faith a resilience a love and a devotion for you that sometimes can only be brought about in the midst of the storm we give you thanks we give you praise we give you glory for protecting us for keeping us oh lord and father god anybody who is going through a hard time right now father god we pray that your love will just flood their hearts father god we pray 
pray that your comfort will flood their hearts. We pray that your peace will flood their countenance, Father God. We pray, Father God, that you will send forth your mighty right hand of victory, that they will take refuge in your bosom. Under their wings they shall abide, Father God, in the presence of their struggle, in the presence, Father God, of their tribulation may you reveal yourself to them as God over all and we thank you for doing that we thank you for being a God who answers prayers and we give you thanks we give you praise we give you glory in Jesus name we pray amen and amen amen and amen amen bye guys we love you thank you so much if you have any questions DM us you know we're here all week um (laughs) yeah DM us like um, comment on the picture we're gonna post later on today and stuff and we will yeah but love you share like comment subscribe do all of those things in all of those places twitter ht scripture um instagram facebook soundcloud itunes hashtag scripture love you bye bye